Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Black and White Television, the review show where we are currently reviewing the black and white episodes of The Saint, starring Roger Moore, and Series 3 has only recently started, around about Christmas time, on Talking Pictures Television, and we have three episodes to review, which we hope to do in fairly short order, and the first one is The Miracle Tea Party. Now, before Dave summarises the plot, I think I should point out that this references the then recently unmasked Portland Spy Ring, which was 1961 it had happened, uh, made famous by the regular Talking Pictures TV feature film Ring of Spies, which is from the same year as this saint. It all revolved around secrets being leaked to the Soviets, including details of HMS Dreadnought, Britain's first nuclear submarine, and the stalling speed specifications of the Borg Warner torque converter. We can all imagine just how important that was. Sounds like the height of scientific sophistication. Strangely, Wikipedia fails to mention Simon Templer's role in bringing down this spy network. Take it away, Dave. Uh, right, well, the Miracle Tea Party. First off, I, I hoped um, against hope that I just thought that's a really difficult title to have as a last line, but they do manage it. It really moves at a cracking pace. It starts off with Nanette Newman uh, heading to London to have like a big day out. And she she vaguely recognises someone from her place of work um, who then goes to use a telephone booth, but there's a vial of liquid thrown into this person's telephone booth and he, he appears to expire. Simon just happens to be there at the same time uh, and intervenes and it's him and him alone that begins to recognise that maybe there is something more to this because um, he picks up the remains of this glass um, vial. Then he pals up with Nanette Newman, who is a nurse who works at a military base, who's at a real Hitchcock-like speed, because it turns out that there are secrets um, being um, siphoned out of the secret base. But who's behind it? Who's behind it? Is it Nanette Newman? Is it the kindly doctor that she works for? Um, is it the nervous shouty bloke who's in the office looking at lots of secret documents and and blueprints? Um, and it moves at a cracking pace. And then we, we begin to unravel the fact that, yes, it is indeed the nasty doctor who's who's behind it. But it's not him alone. There is uh, an evil pharmacist as well. I should point out that my pharmacist here in Headingley is Mr. A. A. Dant, who writes the Harry Verdi crime novels set in Bradford. So it's always important that um, a pharmacist has like a backup in case that falls through. But then it transpires that it's not the doctor and it's not the pharmacist who are the head of it. There's someone else behind it. Simon pledges to investigate and does it in a very ramshackle way because um, he enlists a character played by Fabia Drake, who's got an interest in amateur photography. Uh, and it all, like I said, moves along at a, a rattling pace. We have some very meta images, such as one point, um, Roger punches a future M in the James Bond series of films in the face. They know each other quite well, don't they? Because it's... Yeah. 
Yeah, it gives him a gives him a right lamping. It should but be pointed out is... that Robert Brown was with him on Ivanhoe for yes, a long time, yeah. and they have long been co-careerists. They, Nanette but, Newman gets kidnapped, doesn't she? She does. Rog, again, has a very cavalier attitude to um, espionage and investigating. He just continually breaks into people's houses. And there's, there's this idea that the, the MacGuffin, or certainly the payment for the MacGuffin for the secret, um, is hidden in these packs of miracle tea. And that apparently dotted around the country are these miracle tea uh, distributors and sellers, which form part of the spy ring. And there is a fight in a warehouse. There is. Which looks a bit like a sound studio in Elstree. <laughs> yes, there is some tough bits. Like I said, he, he doesn't seem to mind about putting um, an older woman, Fabia Drake, who bizarrely used to be Roger Moore's teacher at RADA. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether he did it as, as you know, oh, you know what? Hey, you'd be really good in this. And so despite the dangers in involved, uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to mind getting um, Nanette Newman or Fabia Drake into, into bother. It's all about bringing down that spy ring. And he does some clever little bits um, where he sort of gets the spies to turn on one another. He does this by stealing some money from one of the packets of, of Miracle Tea after he's broken into the premises of the pharmacist. So they all begin to slowly turn on one another. And then, thankfully, the, the proper authorities turn up and there's loads of arrests made. That's right, because he forces the evil East European mastermind to issue an instruction so that all the mm. Miracle Tea distributors probably just present themselves at the local police station. Yeah, because the, the, the head villain, when we finally get to them, does um, resemble Robbie Coltrane in Goldeneye. <laughs> yes. It does look like Slightly less hair, though, I think. Mm. Um, right, let's talk about people who were in it. Fabio Drake, we've mentioned. She should have been Miss Marple uh, at some stage, but co-starred with Joan Hickson in A Pocket Full of Rye in the 1980s. This is the first of two aunts in The Saint, but elsewhere she was in a host of single plays playing aristocrats, plus the rag trade, Brian Ricks, four episodes of 1965's Night Train to Surbiton. Any ideas about that, Dave? Oh, I don't know. It's, um, it does sound like a, a hellish commuting journey. A quiet weekend away from the rat race for two businessmen turns out to be an adventure involving a disappearing corpse a stolen briefcase, and the plans of a devious arch-criminal. Now, we can get some idea of the tone from that because the leads are Peter Jones and Nicholas Parsons. Oh, right. I don't expect a John le Carrier-like spy caper. Well, we don't know because no episodes survive. We can say what we like about it. It probably lasted more than just a minute. <laughs> oh, see what he did there. Uh, back to Fabio Drake, she was also a man in a suitcase, the prisoner, four episodes of The World of Wooster as Aunt Agatha and Who Could Be Better, seven episodes of Middlemarch, Callan, The Troubleshooters, Liver Birds, Palaces, Jewel in the Crown, Inspector Morse, a pillar of television, and with one Avengers point, The Danger Makers. Now, Nanette Newman, Interpol Calling, as well as this, her only saint, and the only thing I'll say about Nanette Newman is I wouldn't want to play poker with her. I don't think she gives much away. <laughs> Anyway, she became a film star. She did. She did, married famously to Brian Forbes, 
who was a darling of 60s British cinema and for a while headed up production at EMI. Mm. Um, Conrad Phillips, 113 credits, 1.50 episodes of The Newcomers, also The Prisoner, UFO, Callan and many more. Basil Dignam, his second saint, a pillar of TV, 186 credits and one and a half Avengers points. Charles Houston, one point, five saints, champions, Dr. Finley, Danger Man, The Baron, The Persuaders, Department Desk, Special Branch, Adventures of Robin Hood, Police Surgeon, another stalwart. Patrick Westwood, one point. He played a lot of people from the subtropics, twice in The Saint and twice in The Troubleshooters and 21 episodes of the Tales of Rudyard Kipling. He was from the West Midlands. Robert Brown, we've just mentioned, huge career, one memorable Avengers point in the town of No Return. Another point for Edward Dewsbury, a stalwart with 139 screen credits, including Maygray, Sergeant Court, Danger Man, Sexton Blake, Ace of Wands. Another Ace of Wands veteran, Michael Standing, who has the champions Adam Adamant, 43 newcomers and 13 episodes of The Tomorrow People on his CV. Now, the mystery man in this um, episode actually turns out to be the leader of the spy ring itself, mm. um, who is played by an actor called Victor Vico, or Victor Vico. Mm. And this is his sole screen credit. He's, he's not got anything else on IMDb. Yeah, which is odd because you kind of feel like you've seen him somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Possibly as Robbie Coltrane in Goldeneye. Fred Davis, 1.3 Saints. Ernest Fenimore, 8 Saints. Last seen in The Saints Sees It Through. Two Avengers points. Walter Henry, 15 Saints. Uh, nearly everything but uncredited, including his two and a half points. Philip Johns, three points, loads of other stuff. Now, that's the end of the Miracle Tea Party. One thing, I, do, I don't know whether this is a trope that well, I know we are collecting tropes. Um, what's quite interesting, there is a scene in the Miracle Tea Party when two of the villains say, but that's Simon Templar, the saint. And they, they obviously know his reputation and they're a bit worried about that reputation. But it would be refreshing to see villains um, decide that when the saint does become involved, they just up stumps and decide not to carry on with their, their evil shenanigans because they know of his reputation. I think we'll be coming back to that in Janine. <laughs> anyway, like The Fellow Traveller, which started season two, season three kicks off in the rather mundane British provinces. In The Fellow Traveller, it was Stevenage and, <laughs> uh, in the Miracle Tea Party. It was Portland. But then we go international with Leader and we head off to the Bahamas. Now, the screenplay was by Terry Nation just after he invented the Daleks. We must dedicate a showcase to Terry Nation. This has got an incredible range of style and breadth of output. But he was another writer who never let a good script go to waste. And I don't want to spoil this for anyone, but this episode bears a striking resemblance to Portrait of Louisa from The Baron, which aired 18 months later so take it away dave uh right okay the leader like i said we are in um we are in the sunny bahamas or as sunny as the home counties could look standing in for the bahamas and in this the saint is is on a sort of holiday but there are two friends that are wanting to to get in contact with him um these are leader and joan 
um, played by actresses we've seen before in previous Saint episodes. Um, and Joan is worried that leader may be being the victim of blackmail. And we all know Simon's views on blackmail. Um, and at this point, it looks as if slimy old Peter Bowles um, may be one of the blackmailers involved. And the even slimier Aubrey Morris, who in this episode bears an uncanny resemblance to a young Elton John. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, Leader does appear to be being blackmailed, but eventually, mysteriously, turns up dead. Dead at her own hand, because she's still grasping the pistol. Um, that she we've seen her steal from Peter Bowles' desk earlier in the episode. But uh, the saint thinks that maybe, wait a minute, there's, there's something, there's a wider conspiracy and maybe it's the sleazy Esteban who runs Captain Kids Club which is where a lot of the action takes place. There's a fair amount of roughhouse that we'd expect because Roger's involved and fighting um, and stuff like that um, but then it turns out that there's twists and again kind of like a little bit of a saint trope is the person who appears to be helping the saint who appears to be very sympathetic to his cause is the last person he should trust director leslie norman uh, barry's dad does a cracking job moves along at a nice pace and there's an awful lot of light-coloured suits. There is. There's a lot of driving around the Bahamas, and I noticed that the saint has had his Volvo shipped over. Uh, it has, yeah. It does seem to get around a lot, and there's a very exciting sequence where we have the saint's car kind of pursuing an E-type Jag. Who's going to win that race? It turns out to be Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the cast. Erica Rogers, third appearance in The Saint. Um, as you say, she played Joan. There's another one to come. She previously mm. played the mercenary ex-girlfriend in The Pearls of Peace and the sport fiancé of Simon's best friend in The Taming of the Shrew Tale, The Golden Journey. Doesn't seem to change her hairstyle much either. No, or her accent, really. This time, <laughs> she plays someone nice and therefore gets less mm. screen time. <laughs> Ooh. Jean Moody, last seen only a few weeks ago in season two's The Ever-Loving Spouse, where she played the unfaithful wife. She's American, and I have it on good authority that she must have been well corseted into that sparkly evening gown. Now, she's in a, another episode of the same. She has a very strange screen credit, um, because in the episode Marcia, she's the portrait well, you mean all those um, big pictures up the wall? Yes, yeah. She's credited, um, according to IMDb, as appearing in it, but only as the portrait. Maybe it's because she'd done a couple of episodes, and I think she's got a couple more to come. Um, <clears throat> again, kind of like a bit of a veteran or a saint veteran now. Mm. Barry Keegan, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be the villain. <gasps> there was a lot of stuff with the ring, and you keep looking out for the ring, but the one man who has his left hand covered up with a false hook because <gasps> he's Captain <clears throat> Hook, the valet for the cars, parking the cars. And now why, why would you have someone with a hook for a hand who's parking your car? That'd be the last person you'd want. Makes changing gear a bit difficult, I would have thought. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to be a right mess. Barry Keegan from Dublin, 105 screen credits. Possibly the last time he was seen on Talking Pictures TV was as Inspector Lipinski in The Rivals of Sherlock Holmes though it might have been the O'Neill line, or Justice. Therefore, he's a pillar of TV and died at the early age of 
55. His one Avengers point is the studio-based Death on the Slipway. Peter Bowles, what can you say? A legend, lost him within the past year uh, in nearly everything. And he could move from panicky lackey, as here, smoothly sinister villain to urbane comic performer. Um, in spite of being in only two saints, he features in one trope, never turn your back on Peter Bowles. Yeah, and, and of course he has four Avengers points. Marne Maitland again, this time as the snake-like club owner Esteban, another character who was in everything, including one episode of The Avengers. Uh, rather like Aubrey Morris, one point, nearly everything else, and just to show you a smidgen of his range, in 1970 and 71, he could be seen on TV in Cat Weasel as a very camp antique shop owner, in Nevermind the Quality Fill the Width, The Liver Birds, the children's fantasy series Jamie, Sykes, and on the big screen, Clockwork Orange and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. And of course, he's the creepy gravedigger in The Wicker Man two years later. Always got range. What I didn't know was that he's the brother of Wolf Morris, who has three Avengers points, two mm. saints, and is another pillar of TV. Robert Racklin, unmistakably recognisable, and spent a great deal of his 195 credits playing policemen or doctors or top brass soldiers. 17 episodes of Dad's Army being a case in point. Uh, in spite of that, he never appeared in The Avengers. Probably just yeah. too busy. <clears throat> Maggie Wright, first of four saints elsewhere. Gideon's Way, Man in a Suitcase, The Baron, The Champions, Department S. Jason King. Doris Graham, one of the Graham twins. Sister was Dora. Uh, for once not coming as a pair. And they will appear again in The Saint. Martin Lyder. 19 episodes of The Saint, host of other shows, uh, has two Avengers points, although one of them is Fog. And I can't find out who <laughs> played the barman. He's not listed. And this is in spite of the fact that even though it's set in the Bahamas, he's the only Afro-Caribbean person to have lines. Uh, if anyone knows, contact IMDb and set the record straight. Which brings us to Janine. Now, Simon's intro here about Eastern women. Well, there was uh, quite a large entrance for a small woman. You know, at one time, the female of the Eastern species was subservient. She walked four paces behind her husband carrying his luggage. But then they let her into politics. And wham! Overnight, the Oriental blossom was transformed into a tiger. And our friend Madame Chen of East Viet Pugh makes Hitler and Mussolini look like a couple of Boy Scouts. Yes, he does. He has some strong opinions and views here, doesn't he? Yeah, it's worth pointing out that Leslie Charteris' father was Chinese mm -hmm. because he was born Leslie Charles Boye Yin in Singapore and his father was Dr. S.C., that's Yin Swat Chan. Um, and he was a Chinese physician uh, who claimed to trace his lineage back to the emperors of the Shang dynasty. In 1926... Leslie changed his name to Charteris and his daughter says that he selected the name from the telephone directory. Back to the story, Dave. <laughs> um, yes, we are this time we're we're back in our old familiar stomping grounds um, of Paris, which enables us to reacquaint ourselves with some comedy Parisian cops who we've seen before, including um, the ever dependable Sergeant Leduc who is again assigned to look after Simon because it's suspicious that Simon is showing up in Paris 
just at the same time that Madame Chen and her lovely pearls are also there. But it turns out that it's not just Madame Chen who's there, but there's also um, Janine Roger, played by Cynthia Sims. Um, but maybe Janine isn't her real name, because Simon seems to know her from someplace else. Janine alleges that she is um, doing PR for Madame Chen. Um, Madame Chen is meant to be the wife of one of the senior figures of a country in the Far East that has a bit of a bad reputation with handling its people, bad reputation for international relationships, and is obviously based on no such country that currently exists in the Far East, I would imagine. But there is obviously these pearls to steal. Everyone appears to be after them. Sylvia Sims seems to be after them. Roger Moore seems to be after them. And one of the waiters at the hotel, played by um, Rick Young, is also after them. But he's for a more noble purpose because he wants to steal them, to sell them, to provide aid and support for those oppressed people in the mysterious Far East country. So there's a lot of running around. There's also some other interesting parties who are after these pearls. And we have a big plant and payoff when Rog relates the story of how um, pearls can be dissolved in red wine. Apparently, don't know whether that's true or just a saint fib made up. But towards the end, we do think that the pearls are in fact dissolved in a cooking pot of Coco Van. And Sylvia Sims seems, oh no, I've lost my opportunity to steal these pearls. Madame Chen seems to have realised that's lost the pearls. Police seem to have got their men. But wait a minute, old Roger's done some bit of a chicanery and is able to then hand over the genuine pearls to Rick Young to aid those people in that oppressed country in the Far East. So yes, it's it's a nice rompy episode. There's lots of running around. It's good to see some familiar faces. Um, it's uh, written by Terry Nation. Again, it's directed by John Flewelling Moxie, who did the pilot episode of Charlie's Aim. Um, amongst other things. And it does kind of raise that issue because where we have got some actors of Eastern origin, such as Jacqueline Chan, at the time known as Jackie Chan, but not the Hong Kong action superstar, and like I said, Rick Young. And you'd wonder what their kind of reaction would be because you have Peter Elliott, who is made up to play the part of Quan Lee who is meant to be um, Madame Chen's ad advisor. And Peter Elliott has also done this kind of thing before. He plays Kumar in the film Night of the Demon. And you always wonder if genuine people of Eastern, Far East origin, what they make of acting opposite someone who's made up to look like their national food. Must be very, very odd. A bit like the Welsh, the big burly Welsh actor, Robert Pugh, who for a while was the voiceover of the repair shop. And he's in the Russell Crowe version of Robin Hood, and there's some American actors in that, one of which attempts a Welsh accent. And you, you just wonder what was going through. He said, you think, what, is he doing it that way? Is that what he's going to sound like? Is there no one here? Do you want me to have a word with him? And you must wonder what that must be like. It must be a very, very strange process to go through. Uh, but that said, yes, it's an entertaining one. There's, um, there's lots of misdirection. Um, and obviously the big MacGuffin is the pearls. The pearls. And I'll come back to that in a sec. It is Paris, and Simon has a reputation. So Simon is not only recognised immediately by hotel reception. I believe you have a reservation for me, my name's... Oh, I know your name. You're the famous Simon Templer. 
but also the cops. I don't think we've got much to worry about. We seem to have... Uh, temper. Saint. Second thoughts, perhaps we'd better start worrying. And the rival villains. Who is he? Does the name Simon Templar mean anything to you? Ah, the saint. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Again, they don't seem to have that word. Oh, it's the saint. Do you think we should back off now? Do you think we should stop this? It does not look particularly dangerous. Many people have made that same mistake. They could write books on how wrong they were. Let us not add any chapters. Huh? But why should he bother us? Well, the villains naturally think he's up to no good and that there's, <laughs> that there's too many coincidences, which is what the cops think. The fact that you have checked into the same hotel as Madame Chen and the fact that the lady owns a pearl necklace worth 300,000 American dollars can hardly be called a coincidence. What a nasty, suspicious mind you have. It is too much of a coincidence that he should arrive at the same hotel as Madame Chen today. I think that, like us, he finds the pearls an irresistible attraction. And, of course, having elaborated on why you shouldn't underestimate Simon Templer, they do just that. We must find a suitable way to... Um, dissuade him ah, one of the things I quite liked was Simon escapes the dragon lady's gratitude I'm sure we'll find it much more comfortable here isn't that better yes indeed dear Mr Templar I owe you more than I can ever repay not at all but I can try to thank you Eastern women are taught from childhood the art of showing gratitude. Yes, she does seem a bit of a handful, doesn't she, Madam Chen? Yeah, right. Back to Terry Nation. Of course, this is two in a row for Terry Nation. You know, we really should do a showcase episode. <laughs> we should do, him. yeah. Um, and he obviously has a fondness for the old wives' tale about pearls dissolving in wine, because he uses it here. Did you hide them? You remember I was uh, talking about pearls dissolving in wine. You didn't. Oh, something to worry about. I'm sure it doesn't apply to fake pearls. And again, <laughs> in the Tara King Avengers episode, Legacy of Death. <laughs> Where's the big one? This is the big one. I thought everyone knew. Pearls dissolve in wine. Never mind, make a very nice type in. Would you care to join me? In the world's most expensive drink. Cheers. Right. And that show is an open homage to Dashiell Hammett's Maltese Falcon. Would you like to guess who was a saying Peter Laurie in Sydney Green Street's roles? When is this about the late 60s? Yeah. Um, I would either go Stratford Johns and Aubrey Morris. Stratford Johns, certainly. Boom! <clears throat> the guy who played the Gestapo officer in Indiana Jones. Oh, Ronald Lacey. Yeah, Ronald Lacey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good match. In the last episode, he obviously reused the plot for the Baron. Mm-hmm. And he's. I think my entire knowledge of... Pearls dissolving in wine probably comes from Terry Nation. Um, <laughs> right, let's have a swift canter through the cast. Sylvia Sims, second of five saints, as we've mentioned before. She's a film star, stalwart of Golden Age TV. What can you say? A legend. 
Jacqueline Chan, not as many screen credits as you might think. She deserved a couple of single plays, Ghost Squads, The Main Chance, Zero One. Would you like to hazard a guess what that is about? Zero One. Is, is it a football school? It's a series about international air security whose call sign is Zero One. Oh, right. Okay. I think it got quite a few episodes, a reasonable run anyway. So Jacqueline Chan still going strong. And she was in Cruella, apparently. The origin story of Cruella Deville. Yeah. Yeah, as a shop assistant or something. Jewelry shop assistant, yeah. Robert Cauldron, we've covered here before. He has two points. He's a recurring character in Five Saints as Sergeant Leduc. 56 episodes of Dixon and Doc Green. 27 episodes of 1956's Count of Monte Cristo. He's born in France, but plays a lot of coppers, both English and French. Manning Wilson, one Avengers point, a stalwart. The newcomers, two Sergeant Corks, second of two Saints as Inspector Quercy. Rick Young, or Eric Young, as he's listed here. One point in the missing Avengers episode, To Kill the King. Three Danger Mans, Ghost Squad, Strange Report. Something called The Chinese Puzzle. More research needed. Oh. <laughs> Martin Miller, single plays, Danger Man, Zero One again. Uh, Ghost Squad, Man of the World, Third Man, Adam Adamant, Doctor Who, everything else, and one priceless Avengers point. Peter Elliott, where we've been talking about his not very convincing oriental makeup. Um, he has one point uh, John Durth one point in a Kathy Gale episode elsewhere Interpol calling lots of stuff in tights Ivanhoe, Robin Hood, The Buccaneers, William Tell but not Softly Softly in Zed Cars and he was previously in the Loaded Tourist episode of The Saint Peter Diamond, a huge career as a stuntman 245 credits including Star Wars two points and an uncredited zombie in Plague of the Zombies Michael Anthony, First of Two Saints, The Army Game, Moonstrike, Danger Man, Jason King, The Persuaders, where he played a hotel desk clerk and not the manager, as here. Um, <clears throat> Maggie Wright, Second Saint in a Row, another two to I go. Know. Elsewhere, Gideon's Way, Man in a Suitcase, The Baron, Champions, Department Desk, Jason King. Tony Allen, First of Two Saints, his career seems to be mainly on the big screen and is largely uncredited. Joe Beckett, one point three Saints. Jack Kid Berg, Danger Man, Interpol calling as a Turkish bath patron. That might be an interesting avenue to go down. The number of Turkish. Oh, don't, I'm not going to find me search engine. The number of Turkish baths in ITC series. Oh, that was very niche. Get me into trouble. John Corey, uncredited here and in Three Gideon's Ways and One UFO. Jack Arrow again, one point twenty two Saints. And someone called Alan Bennett. Right now, you um, guy assured me that you have watched it frame by frame advance to see whether um, lauded man of letters, Alan Bennett. National treasure. Is national treasure is indeed in the scene in which we are at the nags, in which we're at the horse racing. I couldn't spot him. I think this is someone at IMDb having a laugh. Is it like those things where the Ordnance Survey, they used to put things on maps to ensure that people didn't copy them? They put genuine errors. Obviously, nothing that would, would put people in danger, you know, like where the cliffs, where there aren't cliffs. Um, but maybe it's that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe we could write to Mr. Alan Bennett. Yes, and ask him about his three appearances in The Saint. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't know if he does Twitter. I don't. Uh, 
Well, don't forget, I used to go to his parents' shop. He was a butcher's at the time here in Far Headingley. He used to be my local butcher's, and on the day they closed, and everyone was having like a nice bit of a celebration and there was wine flowing, which I thought was really dangerous in a in a building where there were so many axes and like a meat slicer. But the guy who owned it was just talking about that, how they bought the business off Alan Bennett's mum and dad. That's mm-hmm. six degrees of separation. I know. Right, that wraps up the first three episodes of Series 3 of the Black Mm -hmm. and White episodes of The Saint, which are currently going out on Talking Pictures Television. We will be reviewing more. There's another one shortly, obviously, coming up. There is, and Vendetta for The Saint was on this afternoon as well. Was it? Oh, right. Well, that's a colour version. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Ian Hendry, I think, in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's chock full of Avengers points. <laughs> like Theatre of Blood, which has surprisingly many Avengers points because it's got Ian Hendry and Diana Rigg. <gasps> I'm not sure that all those points necessarily make for a first-class movie. You're quite attached to it, aren't you? Yes, yes, Theatre of Blood. I, I mean, I didn't see... I. I suppose the stage version, the one Jim Broadbent did, that would have been quite a thing to see. But it does star Vincent Price. And in a wonderfully circular thing, if people want to tune in to the latest showcase version, Vincent Price did three seasons as The Saint on radio. So there will be a link to that in the showcase show notes. The lovely little Christmas episode. Indeed, and you can listen to plenty more because it's just one long string of Vincent Price Saints on that uh, YouTube link. This has been Roast Tinted Black and White Television. I've been Guy Morgan, and also David Newell has been David Newell. I'm getting quite good at the part. And um, right, I think that wraps it up. It is now three minutes past five. We've very nearly made that deadline you set. Oh, well done. Well done. It, it, Allows me to get my old man tea going <laughs> so I can sit down and watch The Saint. And what better reason could be to sit down with your TV dinner watching The Saint? Absolutely, absolutely. And tonight's episode, let's have a look. What have we got to look for? Whether Alan Bennett's in it, I don't know. Um, but the episode that will be unspooling tonight, let's have a look, is... Uh, oh, this sounds really sinister. This isn't uh, a name at all. This is... The Scorpion, which sounds really, really menacing. And we can see Philip Laven. We've got Ivor Dean back as Inspector Teal. We've got Dudley Sutton. And we've got, as Ian Ogilvie reports in his autobiography, a woman once described as three of the worst actresses in the UK, Nairi Dawn Porter. Yes. Thankfully doing this instead of the Avengers. <laughs> she was very good in the Foresight Saga. Yes, yeah, very good. Tune in next time when we will be reviewing more black and white episodes of Roger Moore and the Saint and anything else that springs to mind. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you.